الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومن نصر إلا من عند الله وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المرء ما من أحبه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام Most honorable, respected brothers and elders in Islam, when you look at the current state of affairs of the Ummah and the pitiable plight that the Ummah is facing at present, especially within the land of Palestine, when the cry of every individual and the dua of every individual is like the poet had said, هاتي صلاح الدين ثانية فينا وجددي حصينا أو شبه حصينا The poet said it very beautifully that somebody bring صلاح الدين أيوبي رحمة الله عليه back in our midst a second time give us a repeat of that personality somebody revive the battle of حصين or something like the battle of حصين Salahuddin Ayyubi was one of the great individuals that passed in history who were chosen from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him the liberator of Masjid al-Aqsa. For 88 years the Christian rule, the, the Christian were in control of Masjid al-Aqsa and not a single sajda was performed in Masjid al-Aqsa. At such a time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose this individual, Salahuddin Ayyubi rahmatullahi alayhi, and granted him this great accolade and achievement of being the conqueror of Masjid al-Aqsa, the liberator of Masjid al-Aqsa. So while he had all the outward worldly skills and attributes to achieve this great task and conquest. We need to look and analyze this personality very carefully. And we need to look within his life and see why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choose him to be the liberator of Masjid al-Aqsa. We must have been some very special individual there, there had to be certain very special qualities within this person's life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divinely chose him. Like the poet said, another person said very beautifully, مَنْ تَصَرَ صَلَاحُ الدِّينِ إِلَّا بِصَلَاحِ الدِّينِ وَلَنْ يَعُودَ صَلَاحُ الدِّينِ إِلَّا بِصَلَاحِ الدِّينِ For Salahuddin Ayyubi rahmatullahi alayhi, he was only victorious because his deen was correct. Salahuddin was only victorious because of Salahuddin. 
which means his deen was correct. And if we want the victory of Salahuddin Ayyubi again, then that will only come by deen becoming correct again. By the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becoming the primary objective within our lives, then the victory of Salahuddin Ayyubi can be serialized. So when we look within this person, within this personality's life, we find some very outstanding qualities. Salahuddin Ayyubi was a man of justice. He was a man of justice and a man of humility. Despite being the ruler of the time, he would take out time personally to hear the complaints of people. And he would personally ensure that justice would be meted out to each and every person. It was his habit and his scheduled routine on a Monday and Thursday, whether he was at home or whether he was on a journey, that he would sit and listen to the complaints of people and he would personally see that justice would be meted out to this, to this person. He was a man of social justice and humility. He stood for that. He was the ruler of the time. On one occasion, a businessman wrongfully accused him of stealing a slave of his and a good considerable amount of wealth. When he brought this case to the Qazi of the time, the Qazi asked him, who is the person you claim me against? He said, the ruler, Salahuddin Ayyubi. So the case came to Salahuddin Ayyubi, rahmatullahi alayhi. And he had appointed the Qazi as the Qazi. But he agreed to stand trial. As a normal person, when he went in the court, that person presented his proof. And Salahuddin Ayyubi, rahmatullahi presented his proof as well. The Qazi ruled in favor of Salahuddin Ayyubi because this businessman's claim was totally invalid. But despite that, Salahuddin Ayyubi rahmatullahi alayhi never took any revenge on this person. Raja, he gave him some money also, and he gave him some gifts also. He was a man of total humility and total justice. He was a man of generosity. Any wealth that he had, he did not keep it for himself. He did not amass the wealth of this world. Anything he saw within his possession, he gave it away immediately. And this was known with regards to him to such an extent that his treasurers would hide his own wealth away from him. Because if his eyes had to fall on any wealth of his, then immediately he would give it away. He was a man of a high level of generosity. He never kept anything from himself, for, for himself. It is mentioned that there was a time when jihad was being waged for three years against the Franks. In that three-year period, historians have counted that he gave away 12,000 horses in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he had passed away, he left nothing for his inheritance. He left nothing of this world. He left 47 dirhams. He left a small piece of, of gold. He didn't leave any land. He left no property. He left no gardens and no other belongings. He passed away like a pauper, although he was the ruler of the land. He passed away like how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa passed away. This man had no love of dunya within his heart. He was not a person who was hankering and chasing after this dunya. 
So there's no love at all of dunya in his heart. Rather, he was a man of akhirat. He was always concerned about his akhirat and how he can better his akhirat. He was always concerned about how he could make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam warned us not to hang up with this dunya. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us, that the love of this dunya is the root of every, every vice. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam warned us against greed of dunya. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that this dunya is such if a person has to chase it, he will never achieve contentment. He can try as much as he wants, he will never achieve fulfillment. It will never fill his belly. Al-Hakum al-Takasur, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the increase of wealth, chasing, and com- chasing after the next digit, this mindset of, of always chasing and trying, trying, trying to gain more has distracted man from his true purpose of life. Al-Hakum al-Takasur. Rabbi said, if a man had a full valley of gold, if he had a full valley of gold, he had so much of wealth, even then too he will not be content. He will not feel fulfillment within, within his heart. He will not be happy. He will wish for the second valley of gold. This is the nature of man. If he, if he develops greed for wealth within his heart, then he will never be able to fill his belly. Rasulullah said, That it is only the sand of the qabr and the sand of the grave that will fill the belly of man. He gave away everything within his life. He was a man of generosity and he passed away from this world as a pauper. He left nothing. He was a man with an extreme level of love and passion for Quran Sharif. He loved the Quran Sharif. He loved to recite the Quran Sharif. He would not go to sleep. He would not retire to his tent. Except that a person would be called to recite Quran Sharif to him. Only when that person would recite Quran Sharif to him, then he would feel at ease and then he would sleep. He would, his heart was attached to Quran Sharif. His heart would be deeply affected with the Quran Sharif. And when Quran Sharif would be recited, then tears would flow from his eyes. Even on his deathbed, when he was passing away, it is mentioned that Quran Sharif was being recited around him. And this verse was being recited, La ilaha illahu alayhi tawakkalt wa hu rabbul arshil azim. There is no deity besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do I place my trust. And he is the Lord of the, great, of the grand throne. This verse was being recited. And when Salah bin Ayyubi Rahmatullahi heard this verse, he smiled, his face lit up, and then he passed away in this beautiful manner. Such an enviable death of this great personality. He passed away in this manner because he had the love of Quran Sharif within his heart. The love that a person has of something within his heart, he will die with that love. Like how a person loves his life, what passion he has within his life, what, what love he has, whatever within his life, he will pass away in that same manner with that same love. And on the day of Qiyamah, he will be resurrected with those with whom he loved. Al-Mar'u ma'aman ahabba. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, a man will be resurrected, a man will be with those whom he loved on the day of Qiyamah. 
Let us analyze within our own lives and our own hearts. What love do we have for Quran Sharif within our hearts? Rasulullah explained to us that a true friend is the Quran Sharif. That friend will be will be by your side in the cover also. That friend, Surah, Surah Mulk, Surah Waqi'ah, they will come to our assistance in the cover also. When Azab will be coming to a person in the cover, Quran Sharif will be there by his side to defend a person from the Azab. So let us analyze how much of love do we have for Quran Sharif. Ramadan is around the corner. Now is the time for us to increase our recitation of Quran Sharif. Now is the time for us to increase our bond and our love for Quran Sharif. Was a true man with passion for Quran Sharif. He loved Quran Sharif. And he loved the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He had a great love for the ahadith and the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The muhaddith of that time, Hafiz Asfahani rahmatullahi alayhi, he mentions that Salahuddin Ayyubi rahmatullahi alayhi would come to him with the books of ahadith. And his passion was to recite the ahadith himself. He would recite ahadith himself. And whenever he would come to anything of lesson within the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he would take it seriously, it would affect his heart and tears would flow from his eyes. He would be affected by the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We can't be in the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not within our midst, but his word, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's word is with us. And when we sit in, in, the, in the halqas of ahadith, when we sit in the fazail a'mal, when the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is read, then we should sit with that type of respect and love and reverence as though we are in the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ah, The people of ahadith, the poet said, the people of ahadith, they are the real fortunate people. Even though they haven't, they haven't been present in the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa but they have the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So let us develop the, the love for the, for the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we should, we should show true respect and reverence for the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His book, Fazali Amal and Fazali Sadaqat, and Hazrat Shaykh Rahmatullahi alayhi wrote, Hazrat Shaykh Rahmatullahi Ali was Shaykh al Muhaddithin. He was a great, great Muhaddith of his time. He wrote a Kitab Fazali A'mal that has received widespread acceptance throughout the world. Let us bring alive this Kitab within our home. This is a Kitab of Reformation. This is a Kitab which we bring within our home. We recite this is words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We will find a transformation within our lives. We will find a transformation within our home. Salahuddin Ayyubi rahmatullahi alayhi was a person of salah. We attached a great level of importance to his salah. We mentioned that for many years I haven't missed my jamaat salah. Not only salah, he was very particular about reading his salah with jamaat. For a Muslim Baliyah male to read salah with jamaat is wajib. It is wajib for a person to recite his salah with jamaat. Salahuddin Ayyubi rahmatullahi was very particular about this. He would never miss his salah with jamaat for any reason. 
Even when he would be sick, he would call for somebody to come to his home and he would recite, he would read his Salah or Jamaat with this person. He would force himself to stand up and read Salah or Jamaat with this person. Rasulullah we know the hadith. Let us look at what importance and what a, what a manner of approach Rasulullah told to advise us with regards to Salah or Jamaat. Rasulullah said, that I, it is my desire to command the Sahaba to start their salah. And I would go personally to the homes of those who have not attended the salah. They're supposed to be in a masjid, and I will burn their home. Rasulullah being the most compassionate. Despite that, Nabi is saying, I will burn the homes of those who their homes have kept them behind from coming to the masjid. The homes have kept them behind from coming to attend the Jama'at Salah. What a, what a manner of expressing Rasulullah adopted. Salahuddin Ayyubi was a person of Salah. And he ensured that he read every Salah with Jama'at. He was very particular about his Salah. As though the words of Rasulullah were in front of him. As-Salah, as-Salah, wa ma'amalakat imanukum. The parting advice of Rasulullah on his deathbed, the last words of Rasulullah were that safeguard your salah. Oh my Ummat, look after your salah and look after those who are in your employment and those who are in your control. We are subordinate. Be good to them. Look after your salah and be good to those beneath you. The parting advice of Rasulullah. Salahuddin Ayyubi was a man of Salah. He was very particular about the Sunnah Salah also. All the Sunnah, Muakkada, that Rasulullah had performed. He was very particular about, recite, about reading all his Sunnah Salah. He, he would also be particular and steadfast upon his Tahajjud Salah as well. He was a man of Tahajjud Salah. It is mentioned that due to illness, he must many fasts during the month of Ramadan and a few months of Ramadan he missed many fasts so the fast became qaza upon him and then he never had the opportunity to make qaza of the fast because of being engaged in jihad when it came to the last year of his life then he began to keep all the qaza fasts that he missed in his life all the qaza fasts that he missed he began to keep his qaza fast it was he became sick also but despite his sickness also, the doctors came to him and the doctors shouted him and told him that you can't keep the qaza, you must not pass. But Salahuddin Ayyubi Rahmatullah's reply was, La a'lamu ma yakun. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know whether I can pass away. But he said as though he received ilham, as though he was divinely informed or he had some indication in front of him that he was going to pass away that year. And he completed the qaza, the qaza fast of the entire year. And then he passed away. So he was very particular about his deed. And he was a person who would always turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His focus was never on the material things of this world. Rather his focus was always towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After he had conquered Masjid al-Aqsa, the Franks had come to a place called Beit Nuba. This is a place which is one day journey away from Jerusalem. 
We had come so close, and this had instilled a lot of fear within the hearts of the Muslims. Rahmatullahi also became worried. And he called the Muslim leaders, and he wanted to see their response. So he advised them, and he, he requested them to come out and protect the city. But the response that he received from the leaders, the Muslim leaders, was not favorable. They told him to go out and cut off the water supply of the enemies. In other words, they were telling him they wanted him to go out and they were going to leave the city. He became very worried. He became very perturbed <coughs> about the, the situation on hand. He didn't receive the support that he, want, that he wanted from the Muslim leaders. That night he tossed and he turned. And he spent that entire night in worry and concern. We never slept that entire night. It was a Thursday night. The next morning, Fajr, Fajr time, a good friend of his, an advisor of his, a very pious man, he came to him and he advised him. He told him, O Salahuddin, turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Give sadaqah secretly. Give sadaqah secretly. Make the sunnah ghusl of the day of Jumu'ah. And then between the azan and the iqamah of Jumu'ah salah. This is a special moment of the acceptance of dua. In this moment, in this time, you read two rakats of salah. And when you go into sajda, then you cry to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the apparent means of protecting the city and serving your deen, I don't have. Mine is exhausted. Oh Allah, you make a mean, you, you make a way out of the situation. He took the advice of this advisor, of this pious man, and he gave them sadaqah secretly. And he made his sunnah ghusl for the, for the day of Jumu'ah. And then when it came to the time in between the azan and the iqamah of the Jumu'ah salah, he made his two rakats of salah. And when he went into sajda, he cried in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He placed his worry and his concern in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He shed so much of tears that he wet the musalla. The musalla also got wet with the tears of Salahuddin Ayyubi rahmatullahi Because he had the fikr and he had the concern of deen. He was worried about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He took the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as his own deen. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us. Allah wants us to take his deen as, his own, as, as your own deen. Like how we have concern for our family. Like how we have concern for the financial stability of our children. Like how we have concern for our business. Like how we have concern for our homes. And we have concern for so many other things. Because those things are close to our hearts. Allah Ta'ala wants to see what is the level of concern that the Ummah has for his deen. Who is going to take the deen of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala as his own? And when an individual will do this, and he will cry in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the deen of Allah, then Allah will change the atmosphere. Allah will change the surroundings. Allah will, Allah will bring about change within the, within the situation. Allah wants to see us crying in front of him, turning to him. did this. And by Monday, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused some discord and some fight 
within the enemy circle and by Monday they were all gone. They had all dispersed. They came with a huge army to attack. Without even attacking, without even attacking, they went away. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this mean. So he was a man who always turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His focus was on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will end on a historic khutbah that was mentioned when the liberation of Masjid al-Aqsa took place. Jerusalem was conquered. Then the first khutbah and the Juma khutbah that took place in Masjid al-Aqsa, Salahuddin Ayyubi rahmatullahi alayhi appointed Qazi Muhyuddin rahmatullahi alayhi to deliver this khutbah. He was a very pious person of that time. And he delivered this khutbah and he gave the people of Palestine some very sterling advice, and very important message. He told the people that don't think that you have been granted He said victory is only from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Victory only comes when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants it to come. Victory is in the hands of Allah. It will come from the side of Allah. Be grateful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed you to be part of this army. You be grateful to Allah that Allah allowed you to be part of this army. It is not your achievement. Don't think that you have, you, have, you have gained victory because of your sharp swords and your fine horses. You say, don't think that you attain victory because of your sharp swords and your fine horses. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed you with victory. So don't become arrogant and don't become boastful. Rather, be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any good deed that a person does within his life, he has been granted the tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do that good deed. It is not his own achievement. It is no achievement of an individual. Allah could have chosen somebody else. Allah doesn't need us. Allah doesn't need you and he doesn't need me also. It is only the tawfiq and the grace and the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah allows an individual to do any good deed. And he advised them that hold on to taqwa. Hold on to the rope of taqwa. When you will hold on to the rope of taqwa and steadfastness of deen, then victory will be yours. And don't turn back on your heel. Don't go and disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now. Because then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will turn the condition around. And then you will be like that woman who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif. Don't be like that woman who spent so much of time and so much of effort in sowing something, in trading, and then she goes and she wastes all her effort. She takes the thread and she pulls it and she wastes that and she opens up the entire thing that she tried to make. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to understand who this great personality was and let us gain some sort of inspiration from the personality of Salahuddin Ayyubi rahmatullahi alayhi and let us make some change within our lives.